G'day listeners and welcome back to the Keeper League to your post round four AFL fantasy podcast. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How are you, mate? Very well, Have How are you on this fine evening? Yeah, not too bad. Watched a fair bit of footy on the weekend and did mm. nothing else. So, perfect weekend, really. Yeah, I watched a lot too, actually. It was um, close, but I think the standard was so poor. Yeah, yeah, a few games were pretty shit, weren't they? Just real scrappy stuff, and that was highlighted yesterday with the fantastic Carlton Gold Coast game. I actually sat through most of which is uh, <laughs> amazing. But uh, you know, when my boy Jack Bowes is playing, you've got to watch that, uh, watch that whole thing out. It's like watching your son having a kick. Uh, yeah, I can totally relate. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get stuck straight into uh, the breaking news for this week. So, first up, we've got uh, Chris Main, who uh, looked to just be a corky, but it turns out he's broken his back or something. He's going to yeah. be out for quite a while, so they're going to have to replace him. And he was in some super form. There were some teams out there that uh, picked Chris Main off the waiver wire, and he was their best midfielder for a while there. So, uh, that's going to damage a few teams. But, uh, Kays, who do we think could come in and uh, maybe replace Chris Main? Well, I suppose if he's fit, Daniel Wells would be one that would come in. Yep. Um, obviously, a, a super player, and they do love having him in the, the side. And he does always play. Collingwood always play better when Wells is in the team, but, you know, it's just his fitness that's the issue. And he did have a run in the VFL on the weekend and scored mm. pretty well. So Yeah, and I see Braden Sire also had a first, his first run in yep. the VFL too. So, um, it'll be good to see him come in because he yeah. uh, has kind of been a bit unlucky. We are forgetting that Dane Beams went out. Yeah, uh, true. Late last week too, so yeah, could um, just be a like for like, could swap, potentially just be swap. a swap there. But it'd be good to see Siren. But I think they might give him another week or two in the VFL. Yeah, so. Just one guy who's absolutely been tearing it up in the VFL is uh, Ben Crocker. So I'm not sure if he's someone they want to come in and, uh, you know, I'm not sure if he plays a similar type role. He's more of a forward, like pinch hitting mid, but uh, just someone who's probably worthy of a selection is Ben Crocker, but I don't think he'll be coming in anytime soon. Hmm. Uh, the other big uh, injury from the weekend was Cullen Ward. So uh, another poor bastard who's done his ACL. Yeah, it lasted about five minutes of the game and then, uh, yeah, it was straight off. So pretty heartbreaking to see a, you know, fully grown man broken like that that over an injury but uh, you know footy can be a cruel game and he'll start his recovery and hopefully be back next season just a massive effort for the uh, Giants to win at Geelong too yeah basically one man down for the whole game and definitely and your captain so um, who do we think that might come in for Cullen this weekend well Toby Green I think is ready to go so he could just be a straight swap but uh, Jackson Haley has been absolutely dominating the first two weeks of the knee full so he's someone that we were pretty surprised to not see in the best 22 really given his uh, pre-season form and his raps Mm -hmm. Coming out of the draft, um, so it'd be really cool to see him come in. Case, do you have anyone in mind? Uh, potentially Aiden Boner. He was close to playing, or he did play the first week. Or yeah, did he, play? yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. And then uh, found his way out the side. But so he might be one. Of, obviously, he's got the he's got the he's had the chance already. So yeah, uh, might be one they're looking to bring back in. Just in with the, a bit more uh, experience than Hately. In the needful, I just noticed he had a thirty three. So I'm not sure whether he just had a really bad game or he got injured. So I'm not really sure what the uh, the uh, goal is there. It's hard to get needful news and what actually happened. So. Just keep that in mind. He might not be 100% at the moment. Well, then it could be Hately, which is uh, I hope fantastic. It's yeah. yeah. And just breaking news tonight is Will Setterfield out for two weeks with his sling tackle on Will Power from yesterday's game. So, yep. uh, he actually started to look good yesterday. I'll talk about it a bit more a bit later on. but um, Yeah, it's disappointing, but uh, you know you probably shouldn't sling tackle blokes from the ground. So 
and it did look like it hurt. And that was pretty bad seeing Pau get up and then basically fall straight down. But yeah. uh, you can't get away with that stuff anymore in the AFL and it might pave the way for Matt Kennedy or Liam Stocker. Yeah, well, those two have been on the emergency list. Uh, neither of them played last weekend, so I think they are travelling emergencies. Neither of them played in the VFL for the uh, the Blues' uh, first VFL game. So I reckon they're pretty close. So one of those should come in this week. Who would you lean to? I'd probably lean towards Kennedy. Yeah, same. Yep. But, uh, you know, Carlton's form, I think they'll be swinging the axe seeing that they've lost four in a, uh, four in a row. Mm-hmm. They want to try something new. So we might actually see them both come in. Who knows what's going to happen? You never know with the Blues. And, uh, yeah, well, just amazing. You know, like they're zero and four, the only team that haven't won a game. Yeah. Gold Coast and Brisbane are in the top eight. You know, this whole season's just bloody bananas. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the round rewind. All right, time for the round rewinds. This uh, rewind, sorry. This is the segment where we go through all the matches from the round and we point out a few uh, guys that might be keeper relevant to uh, uh, who had decent games and uh, yeah, become talking points for this podcast. So, Kays, you had a look at the Sydney Melbourne game. Who'd you like on Thursday night? Yeah, Harry Cunningham. He's just putting together a really good season. Had 128 on Thursday night and finds himself in the top 20 backs in the league, averaging 90. Something I wasn't expecting, and he's he's one of those weird guys who's threatened to kind of put big scores together for you know lots of years, but yeah. it's always been one that's never actually followed through. So it's good to see him finally delivering, and there would have been a lot of people taking him very late um, and real handy as a as a backman, obviously. Do you think it's sustainable? Probably not, but he's kind of always been that guy who's had those games where it's been he's been you know hitting eighties and nineties. Mm. You know, one twenty eight's a massive score. Will it continue? I'm a bit confused about. Uh, the Swans in general at the moment because if you look at their the, some of their best scorers a lot of their other backmen are scoring well Zach Jones uh, he had 92 and Dane Rampey's at 83 um, their averages for the season and we haven't seen like these kind of three guys score quite all quite highly together so yeah. is that just a byproduct of them you know chipping it around a bit more on the back line and you know what will the Swans do if the game plan changes a lot it could mean that you know Rampy goes back to his 60s and Jones goes back to his you know he's been playing a bit more midfield but you know Cunningham potentially drops a lot too so yeah. it's going to be interesting over the next kind of month um, there was a question um would you actually, you know, take a trade for Cunningham, you know, yeah. on his on his current average? And you'd probably go yes, because while he's storing quite well at the moment, it's probably not, as you said, it's not something that would be consistent throughout the year. Yeah, and definitely a sell-high kind yeah, of target. Exactly, yeah, exactly, sell-high kind of target. So, if you are a Cunningham owner and you're potentially not really pushing for the flag this year, it might be one that you could, you know, palm off um, while, yeah. his, while his stocks are high. Bit of value. Uh, Ollie Forant looked really good on Thursday, finally. Uh, delivered a 99, and it looked like they gave him a lot more responsibility. And for, Mal- for, you know, for me, I quite like him as a player, and hopefully he keeps keeps that responsibility and really runs with it because he has lots of class. Yeah, he didn't look like a small child this week. No, so. he actually – yeah, and they used him a lot more, which was great to see. And your boy, Jordan Dawson, yeah, uh, boy. starting to get some of that kneeful form coming into the, the AFL. He had 92 there, and he's building quite nicely. Yeah, no, I was pretty happy with Jordan Dawson's game. One point, I thought he was going to, you know, have a big ton. I think he was mm. on fifty pretty early in the game and yep. slowed down in the second half. But you know, he's building. He'll get there. You take a ninety-two from a, you know, a young guy every day. So, yep. uh, yeah, he's one that would be, uh, you know, if you, he was on a waiver wire, you'd probably start having a look at him. 
Uh, for Melbourne, Christian Salem continues his great form. He's uh, He had a 98. And the kick-ins are working really nicely for him. And he actually finally looks good at AFL level. The last kind of couple of seasons, he's been touted up a bit and looked a bit lost. But this season, he's really started to make his own. So, uh, Salem owners will be licking their lips. Marty Hall, he bounced back with a 93 from a bad um, game in week one and then got dropped. But... He actually looked quite solid and I reckon he's worth keeping tabs on. I'm not sure, you know, whether they're going to get this kind of score every week, but yeah. uh, he's quite handy and hopefully, you know, the the, the D's kind of keep uh, backing him in. Braden Pruce, he threatened really yeah. early. I thought he was probably going to turn up at one stage. After, yeah, he looked. Uh, <laughs> he didn't look too bad, but ended up with a 61. But the good thing from that is that it didn't actually stop old Gorndog dominating the night. So there was always that, you know, this whole preseason we've had this, having this argument, you know, if they play Pruce and Gorn together, does this affect Gorn? Obviously, it hasn't. Uh, he scored 125. So, um, be interesting to see how that plays out and obviously what people's yeah. squads are looking like as well if you if you do have both of those guys. Yeah, good to see a bit of, uh, I guess, the the theory rectified that uh, Pruce would affect Gorn scoring. It's kind of hasn't come into fruition. So. Exactly. And my last point, Hef. Michael <laughs> Hibbard needs to go in the bin. Well, as a, a Hibbard owner, I did put him in the bin uh, this weekend. I think I had I needed 18 on the field and I had 19 available. Of uh, My squad's not uh, the healthiest at the moment. And, uh, yeah, as I've, I've recently acquired Nick Holman in a, uh, a bit of a joke <laughs> sympathy trade uh, with a, with another guy in our league who needed a ruckman desperately. So I just took Nick Holman off his hands for him for one of my backup rucks. And, uh, yeah, I did actually put Hibbard in the bin. I played Holman on field um, who scored me an 83, I think. Yeah, so I was pretty happy with that. It's a brave move. <laughs> Man, he is he is horrible. Uh, get rid of him. He's got no trade value. Just don't play him. Just put him at the bottom of your list and move on. He's gone. Uh, Hef, next game. All right, Collingwood versus Western Bulldogs on the Friday night of the MCG. Uh, Collingwood, even though they won, they didn't have a lot of fantasy relevance from a keeper perspective. All their guns went pretty well. But, uh, yeah, Travis Varco was back in the side, had 20 touches and a goal for 89 points. Uh, Jaden Stevenson had 75 points from uh, 17 and two, uh, sorry, sorry, 17 touches and two goals. Um, I think this is where he's at uh, for a second-year player. Um, I think he's going to get you around that 75 most weeks as your, as your F. 4, F5, um, which is pretty good going, I think, mm. uh, for a bloke like that. What do you reckon? Yeah, obviously with the, the depth that Collingwood's midfield have, he's kind of relegated, relegated to that wing or half-forward role. But, um, yeah, he just looks a, a genuine star and I'd be pretty happy owning him going forward. Uh Onto the dogs, uh, Caleb. I'm too good for the keeper league podcast. Daniel mm. uh, keeps racking up the points. Uh, he had 30 disposals this week for 105 points. Uh, he's almost in uh, primo territory as a DPP. Yeah. He's got a um, three point. Well, he had a 3.5 to one kick to handball ratio in this game, which is huge, um, but not uncommon for him. No. I actually want to work out his season uh, kick to handball ratio. I'll do that this week, and I'll get back to you because I reckon it's quite large. The, uh, the lad loves chucking the ball on the boot, so yeah. let's have a look at that. Later. Later this week, he does that little like turn, yeah, like real quick U turn, and then just uh, gets on the boot. It's quite nice to watch as an owner. My concern with him is he's a bit of a liability as a defender. Um, he, I can't remember who it was, but he, oh, it was Dugowie versus uh, Caleb Daniel running into the forward line, yep. and uh, yeah, there was a bit of trouble there. Um, I think so. I don't know if he. They, I think they have to uh, persist with him as a defender with the uh, with the run and kind of carry and the and the skills he has across half back. But uh, there's going to be times where you know he could be a bit shaky playing as a defender. So, but yeah, he's turning into a fantasy star in that role. So hopefully it continues for sure. 
Kays, you must have been uh, happy with Tim English's uh, score on the weekend. I was. I was very happy. I think at one stage he was outscoring Brody Grundy before he went <laughs> what, bananas. the first five minutes? Still was outscoring Brody Grundy. <laughs> um, English, though, he still sucks at winning hitouts. Yeah. Uh, but he's really good around the ground, I guess. But uh, he's, so, I guess he's a good footballer and he uses the ball well. But, um, you know... I don't know. Can Western Bulldogs afford to keep conceding that many hitouts? Uh, this is my concern. It's tough. I, I watched him obviously very closely on Friday night, and it's almost like he wasn't even going for the ball yeah. in that contest. He was almost just trying to get his body in the way so that Grundy's tap wasn't as effective as it could be. Yep. Uh, I don't know if that was a particular ploy just because he knew he was going to get absolutely slaughtered anyway, or or just whether he doesn't have the body to go with these big boys at the moment. He, you know, he still scored, what, 81 or something like yeah. that, which is pretty good considering he only had 10 hit outs. Yeah, I think it was um, less of a six, I reckon. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, six tackles, and he actually does use the ball very well. Well, I'm a bit worried about his longevity uh, this season, I suppose it is. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Trengove came back for the Dogs VFL this this last week and do they play him instead of him or do they go on the combo? If they go on the combo, I'm not too worried because uh, English's groundwork's good enough anyway, I think. It's just... Yeah. It's a bit of a conundrum as a as a Tim English owner. Well, I don't think I don't think he's going to get dropped personally, but I think Trengove will probably come in at some stage and play that kind of second ruck. Now, the issue here for me is that takes him out of the centre. So where does he play when he's not rucking? Does he sit up forward and not really get much mm-hmm. of the pill? Does that affect his scoring? I guess we'll have to wait and see. But uh, it might be horses for courses against their, who, who they're playing to and what the quality yeah. of their their opposition ruckman is. They're playing Carlton this week, so unless Cruiser yeah. comes back, they probably might back him in against Lobie or, or Phillips. Yeah, I think with Tim English. Got to make sure you got a handy backup, otherwise uh, things could go pear shaped at some stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Lloyd uh, kicked a couple goals to go with his uh, twelve touches to score seventy seven fantasy points. Uh, good to see him get a goal at the Bulldogs this year. It was handy VFL uh, score at the back end of last season, and uh, he'll pop up with his handy scores every now and then. So someone to look at if you need, uh, you know, one of your last forward spots filled. Uh, Taylor Duray. Uh, we said he'd crack 80 this week, but he didn't quite get there, scoring uh, 73. Uh, what was interesting, though, he went at one point per minute. Uh, he only played 72 minutes on ground. So if you get more time on ground, he might be a decent scorer. I think he was actually the lowest uh, or second lowest with, uh, um, yeah, Bailey Smith. Uh, so could have... Uh, yeah, could have uh, gone a bit bigger if he spent a bit more time on ground. Uh, Bailey Smith, speaking of the devil, uh, mm. he had uh, 60 from 79 minutes on ground. So, there you go. He, had, he has a few more minutes. Um, he showed patches where he can really score. Yeah. But uh, he needs to build the tank after effectively having last season off. And I think, you know, my, while he had 60 points from 79 minutes, it isn't fantastic. What happens, I guess, is when you come off the ground after and have a bit of a spell, it's hard to get going back into the game. So, he played yeah. most of the first half and was used really sporadically in the yeah. second half. So I think once he gets that kind of tank and can play consistent footy, um, I think he's going to come good. What do you reckon? Yeah, he was a guy that really impressed me in the first half. Yeah. I was actually – because my concern going into the year with him was that we hadn't really seen too many actual underage numbers because he was injured last year. Yeah. Um, but what I saw in that first half was actually fantastic and uh, he just rose up lots of stocks in my books because he, he looked like he had it all. Yeah. All right, on to the uh, Geelong versus GWS game. Yeah, well, actually, crazy stat. Not one Geelong player turned up yeah, on right. the weekend. Uh, Tommy Stewart was the closest with the 97. Um, we've talked about him a lot basically every week, but uh, I think Zach Tui's return comes closer and closer each week. It might be this week against uh, 
Hawthorne on the Monday, uh, but if not, it'll be the next week after. But interested to see what happens there. Might be a good sell high person. I'm, I'm not sure. Tommy Stewart's got a lot of qualities, so maybe approach with caution. But yeah, I think uh, he's. I think he's going to maintain that. I reckon oh, he's okay. going to go close. Yeah, he's decent. Okay, well, I think he'll drop a bit, but yeah. I still oh, so, think yeah, he's going to be. A, a he's still going to be one of your top defenders, no doubt. I expect in the nineties. Yeah. yeah. Uh, high 80s, I'd, I'd say, to go back to, but that's we'll have to kind of wait and see. Uh, but the guy that looked really good was uh, little Brandon Parfit. He had an 88 and he's averaging 80 for the season so far. He's just cruising along very nicely and I'm expecting some big, big scores from him later in the year. Yeah. I just think he's really building and uh, as Geelong, you know, they're going quite well. I think his uh, confidence will keep going yep. and he's going to be one that could just uh, really really break out towards the end of the year. He's someone we identified in the preseason as well, so hopefully he keeps continuing the way he's going. Yeah. And good to see Jacob Hopper kind of come to the party. Timmy Taranto is our partner in crime for the next 10 years. He's uh, delivered early this season, but Hopper turned up. He had 108. And, yeah, looks to be the new front of the GWS mid. So, obviously, with Callum Ward going, uh, there was an article on the AFL website today, you know, saying he's ready to take over the mantle as the, you know, inside ball of the of the GWS side. And I think he basically slots straight into that role and whoever comes and replaces Ward will just kind of be on the, the periphery of that midfield. Yep. And Adam Tomlinson just continues his ripper season, 105. And he might even shoulder a bit of that Ward load too, uh, averaging 85 this season. And yeah, just kind of one that would have potentially not gone drafted at all and been waiver wire material week one. And yeah, he's just very impressive. Yeah, no, I didn't see that one coming. So, uh, yeah, it's good to see these left field players uh, pop up and uh, mm. surprise you fantasy-wise. Yeah. A lot, right. a lot after a few years of not doing too much, you know, Tom yeah, Wilson, uh, Cunningham, all of a sudden just blossom this year. All right, Kays, uh, your boys, the Dons. Uh, what a turnaround versus the uh, Brisbane Lions. Jeez. A game that uh, not many probably would have thought that uh, your boys would have got up in. So talk us through some of the players that impressed us here. Oh, I was very, very, very happy to get this tip wrong. <laughs> uh, well, it was all about Waller on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, McDonald tipping Woody. What an absolute man. 139 points. So much love for this bloke, but uh, he just doesn't do this every week. So yeah. uh, he's a he's a yo-yo for sure. Um, he's had a couple guy games in the forties, I think, this year already, and then pulls out your one thirty nine. But just shows that you know, on any day, any guy can basically win you a match. Yeah, um, and he just deserves some keeper league love. We got to remember that a lot of this game is luck. Yeah, I think uh, you know, there's a lot of research that can go in, but at the end of the day, luck is what probably gets you over the line than most uh, cases. So mm. Waller's one of those guys who just deserves yeah a bit of uh, appreciation this week. For sure. Uh, Kyle Hooker um, played his first game of 2019 and started out with a 93, which is uh, very nice and could have been one that slipped through a few drafts, uh, potentially going to wave a wire depending on the depth of your league. He's kind of been that 70 to 80 average player over the last few seasons and, um, you know, scoring a 93 is fantastic, but he he's probably just slips into that handy D4 or D5 position yeah. Um, and just, yeah, an intercept marker and um, he does actually use the ball quite well too, so a good player to have on your on your list yeah he's someone i uh talked about today on the uh waiver wire mini episode for the patreon subscribers so if you're not a patreon subscriber uh get on board at patreon.com slash keep league pod and have a listen to that one uh mason redmond also played his first game of the year uh 68 for him looked pretty solid uh i wasn't too sure on his role at the start of this season but um it looks like he's kind of cemented well not cemented a spot but it's good to see him get into this this side and uh if he can hold on i think it'd be a good one that could either be a floater in and out of your side or or potentially a d5 he's uh got some talent yeah 
Especially last year, only played a few games, so it's some big numbers. That's so. good. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, for the Lions, my boy Harris Andrews delivers with an 87. Uh, I just love this guy because he's super solid. Uh, he did have a shocker last week with a 29, but before that, he's had a 67 and a 75. Obviously, nothing that's going to set the world on fire, but he's just very consistent in his scoring and just a great interceptor and a good D4, D5, depending on how shit your backline is like mine, which is very poor. So, he's playing a pivotal role there at the moment. Uh, another ball of boy of mine that I'm uh, falling out of love with unfortunately is Jared Lyons yeah uh, 64 on the weekend and his season average is going at a putrid 76 uh, he's just simply not getting any of that role that he got at the Suns which is probably not surprising because the, the Lions midfielder young up and coming in quite quality but I still thought he would have scored quite well because uh, he does tackle quite well and get some inside pill but his his um, his role at the Lions has changed quite dramatically yeah. I just don't know if it's that fantasy friendly he might be replaced by his uh, his brother who's scoring well in the uh, NEFL, but uh, we'll talk more about that uh, later on the podcast when we get to the uh, From the Twos uh, segment. Yeah, I'm just a bit worried about Jared. But uh, Bundy, one of our uh, favourites, Alan Christensen, returned with a 74. Probably holds his place from that game. And um, look, if you're a Bundy owner, that's kind of the score you kind of hope from him each week. So, you know, your mid-70s, mid-80s, he's that, he's that kind of guy. Yeah, it was good to see uh, Christensen back into the side and hopefully he can hold his spot. All right, on to the next game, Kays, which is? Port Adelaide versus Richmond. All right, what a heartbreaker. Uh, uh, I wasn't going to mention it. <laughs> I was waiting for your uh, taunt there or something, Kays. No, this was no, a bit of shot by lost, the silence. You just lost to, you know, the most <laughs> undermanned team in AFL history, but, you know, we'll let no. it slide. It was a uh, step in the right direction. Umpires uh, cost you, didn't they? No, yeah, sorry. Yeah, step in the right direction if the direction is getting Ken Hinckley sacked. <laughs> um, yeah, we're definitely on the way. So, uh, good How's work to the boys. Job done. Hashtag sack Ken. Uh, yeah, we'll get that trending this week. Uh, but on to some actual uh, fantasy uh, perspective. So, Ryan Burton uh, had another good fantasy game, scoring 102. He's uh, currently averaging 88. So, uh, well done, who kind of rode the wave of last season. Yeah. Uh, with some of those low scores, injuries, suspensions, whatever happened to him. Uh, and, yeah, didn't do so well after his first season. Yeah, just hold on to him to bounce back. Good stuff. Uh, Dan Houston uh, had another good game, or had a good game. Uh, 92 points from 23 touches. Um, hope we can see this kind of scoring continue. Uh, Cleary and Jones. Uh, had 86 and 82 respectively as Port's two uh, key defenders. Both had nine marks. This boosted their uh, score significantly. And you know my rules on key defenders. They're too unreliable. So don't let these uh, scores fool you. I think a lot of people last year ended up picking up Tom Cleary uh, off the waiver wise because he had a similar type start and, uh, yeah, disappointed later on. Yeah. Plus he's likely to get suspended for six weeks at some stage. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, just be wary of him. Uh, Darcy Byrne-Jones was so close to uh, hitting the 80 which is what I call the pass mark on uh, this podcast. But he scored 79 uh, from 18 touches and eight marks. Mm. All right, moving on to the tie. So, Brandon Ellis showed what he can do when he's given some responsibility in the midfield. He had uh, 28 disposals, nine marks and a goal to bring his score to 116. Uh, Yeah, just be careful though, uh, as basically, you know, a few of uh, Richmond's uh, midfielders are out. Um, Cochin's going to miss a few more weeks, so hopefully this can continue. He's one that's going to... You know, see a nice bump over the next couple of weeks yeah. while the midfield's a bit depleted. Yeah. Uh, Tom Lynch kicked six goals and still couldn't break the ton. And uh, again, you know what I think of key position players. Yeah. Uh, he scored a nice 88, though. So for those who are bold enough to, I guess, draft him and play him on the ground, well done for that. Uh, Jack Ross was a real highlight. He had 25 touches and scored 86. Um, I think he'll hold his spot uh, in the side. So he's a good future prospect as well if you can uh, get him into your side and keep him from a few years. More of a contested ball winner, not the real fantasy 
friendly role. But, you know, if you get enough contested ball, then uh, you mm. can still score pretty decently. Yeah. Uh, Jack Higgins had 80 points. So, for mine, he's still not getting enough of the ball. And he's, uh, you know, not receiving that much more midfield time. Um, he had a little bit this week with the midfielders out, but still not enough to kind of boost his uh, boost his score. So, early days, but he's not looking like getting near the uh, pre-draft hype. Yeah, he's um, he's a bit of a work in progress. He's still quite small out there. So, yeah. Um, he's definitely one of those genuine keeper leg prospects. Yeah. Now, the poor football quality continued on Saturday night with the Crows-North Melbourne game. Uh, plenty of turnovers, but uh, some good scores. Hef, what did you take out of that game? Uh, yeah, for North, uh, Jasper Pittard, he turned up again, uh, brings his average to 84 for the season. He had uh, 22 disposals and 14 marks. So, I don't know. I can see him going uh, back to averaging uh, in the 80s this season. He's done it before, uh, back in uh, 2015, I think it was, for Port Adelaide. So, yeah, he's one of uh, I'd start considering seriously if uh, I don't know if he'd be available but if you've got him uh, yeah he's going to be uh, a decent scorer this yeah. season I think look quite handy yeah uh, Robbie Tarrant and Scott Thompson something about the key defensive pairs scoring well this week but they had 98 and 82 respectively uh, good scores but a big no for me uh, both key defenders just another one to not get sucked in by the numbers uh, Sean Atley is having a bloody handy season uh, he scored uh, 86 coming off uh, 111 last week so um, I think he's just gained uh, DPP so he's a back forward now I think uh, so he could be someone uh, worth looking uh, as a forward or defender i still don't trust him no nah, neither i've a previous owner of sean atley and uh you know he looks good every now and then but uh, yeah he can really burn you so uh ben brown uh kicked four goals to get his uh 83 needs to kick sca- uh, snags to score these kind of scores but he's capable of doing it consistently if north can find some form so he'd be one to monitor i reckon especially playing against particular sides where they might be a bit lacking in height. And, yeah, he does have a nice kick on him, Benny Brown. Yeah, he loves putting them through the big ones. Uh, Alex Keith, another key defender. What is going on? Uh, he backed up his 88 from last week with 94 this week and uh, had a lot of marks uh, in the back line this week. So, um, yeah, the ball was coming in a lot. So I think I figured it out. It's because all these games had shithouse skills. <laughs> shithouse forward just, entries. And they were just kicking it straight to the key defenders. I think that must have been it. Uh, yeah, but uh, is he somewhere worth, uh, you know, somewhere worth looking Looking at, I'm still saying no, but uh, numbers are impressive uh, from mm. a back-to-back uh, scoring perspective. Uh, Wayne Miller uh, had a solid 86. Uh, one thing I noticed, okay, is he was attending a few centre bounces here. Um, enough of that, though. Please, Don Pike, uh, we need him to keep that defender status. Well, the Crows won't win any games if he's not playing through the guts, I don't think. So, yeah. he will probably be spending a bit more time in that midfield rotation. Yeah, it's a bit uh, it's a bit bad for uh, keeper league owners. So, hopefully, he gets enough uh, time in defence to kind of retain that status. Um, I don't think it was huge numbers in the middle so we'll have to wait and see on that one uh riley o'brien the big rob uh didn't completely suck this week and he notched up 84 so uh there was against a decent opposition too um so so monitored that guy i guess uh especially if you own source jacobs he's a pretty handy handcuff to have uh at the moment rory atkins had 21 touches to score 81 uh it can be handy at times but as a midfielder he doesn't offer too much value more value than Jared Lyons is at the moment. That's true. Uh, Tom Lynch uh, got close to the pass mark with a 79, and there are times where I thought he'd actually uh, get past it easy, but it's kind of good to see him playing back into a little bit of form, and uh, his owners, who've probably been a little bit frustrated for quite yeah. some time now, yeah. uh, especially you know after 2017, one of the premier forwards uh, going around, uh, had a bit of a down year last year where he was kind of handy, and you know getting back to that 80 mark would be good for him if he could uh, retain it. Hmm. Righto, the Derby, Derby, whatever it's called, West Coast Wherever versus Freeman on, on <coughs> Saturday night. Um, 
this guy went super late in lots of drafts, and it's uh, Josh Kennedy. He's finally starting to to heat up. Had an eighty on the weekend with uh, three snags, and he's just getting his fitness and form back up. And hardly had a preseason. I think he's just a few weeks away from really some big scores, yeah. some big one twenties. Uh, he's obviously a premium goal kicker, and uh, you know that's where a lot of the goals come from. But you know he's one that can really turn on some big numbers. He's one of the kind of exceptions for key forwards, I think. And it's not because you know sometimes you get those athletic type key forwards that do score well, but it's the potential to kick a bag of eight, nine, ten type thing that can want. just get you like a 180 to 200 every now and then. Exactly. Someone I like to kind of have floating around on your team uh, mm. come finals time. Oh, yeah. Uh, Liam Duggan had another solid 82. He's just looking nice and consistent. Um, and when he's fit, he's just really holding that nice D3 to D5 spot in your side. And I think he's worth a look if he's available. And someone that, you know, potentially gets a bit more midfield time over his career would be one to, to kind of look at for a keeper league for sure. Jack Redden returned from the dead with 127. Yeah, where did well, he come from? Yeah, well, um, what's his name? The, um, the other midfielder that plays Gaff. for West Coast. No, <laughs> Dom Sheed had a stinker. So, he's they're just rot- rotating the hundreds around in the Westfield mid- West Coast midfield. And uh, Hearn and Shepard continue to slut it up in the back line, both scoring hundreds. Brad Shepard is, um, yeah, having one hell of a season. And Shannon Hearn's had a couple of good seasons in a row now. So, yeah, it's just been d- – defenders have just been scoring ridiculously this week. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Uh, now, Freo are seriously becoming a frustrating fantasy side. So, basically, all the guys on the pod we pumped up last week, your Luke Ryans, your Talon Jamans, and your Adam Cheris had absolute stinkers on the weekend. Uh, you just can't trust Fremantle sometimes. Oh, just, I think, uh, those three in general as well, especially Juman and Chera who are early on in their career. But Luke Ryan's always been flaky. So, I was thinking... That, uh, yes, a few people might try to sell high on uh, Luke Ryan last week. And if they didn't, they probably missed a good opportunity, I think. Yeah. But uh, Matty Taberner continued his great start to the season. And he's actually one of the key forwards in the comp who's delivering big scores week yeah. on week. Uh, 115 on the weekend and he's averaging 92 from his four games, which is uh, fantastic. Every time I seem to watch him, he goes big. So, I could be the key there. Do you own him? <laughs> no, I don't. But, <laughs> you should uh, trade him in and then just yeah, watch yeah, every Fremantle game. Yeah, must be it. And uh, Rory Lobb showed why he's a must play when he's the solo ruckman in yep. the side. 23 hitouts, 91 points. I know they lost on the weekend, but is he actually holding Sean Darcy out? Yeah, I'm not sure with that one because he wants to play as a key forward. But uh, now with Tabernard getting into form, Hogan mm. in the side, yep. um, I think there's another one in there I'm missing. But can they, I don't know, can they? Does can he play up forward? I think he might have to play on the ruck for Freo. And I think that does keep Darcy out. Darcy played in the twos on the weekend. Um, didn't set the world on fire there yeah. either. So, I'm well, not sure. Well, if he's doing the best thing for the team playing the ruckman, I don't I don't think he's not going to play ruck. No, he's, I think no. he's going to keep playing. I so. don't think you're going to tell Ross Lyon, no, I'm not going to play what you tell me to. You're yeah. going to do what you're told. <laughs> you, know, you go you, you go to Freo knowing that you're going to be Ross's bitch. So, yeah. bad luck, Rory. You're a ruckman now. Um, Gold Coast versus Carl. I honestly can't believe I sat through this game. Yeah. More turnovers than a bakery in there, mate. It's um it was frustrating, but it was close. It's it's weird. We've had a lot of those games this weekend and I'm almost done of watching poor skilled football. But 14 tackles for Took Miller, 149. Just don't be fooled. He does this every now and then. He pulls out a big number and then he'll just go back to scoring 80s. Yeah. He is frustrating, but I will say he was very, very good yesterday. And one of the reasons that 
Um, Gold Coast one, another guy who just is tackling, he's just becoming a genuine tackling beast and a real favourite of mine is Darcy McPherson. So nine tackles, 19 touches. And what's great is he's genuinely running through their midfield too. Uh, if you can still get him in um, your league as a, as a waiver because he's just a straight forward, he's one I'd be seriously looking at because uh, he's definitely a part of the, the Gold Coast Suns midfield makeup. Benny Ainsworth come back uh, after his injury, uh, scored 84. He also had plenty of midfield time and looked to be in all the right spots. And uh, he's just one I'd keep an eye on yeah, over like the next him. couple of weeks and also snap him up if he's around that waiver wire too. Oh, I'll just, know, I'll just looked at the uh, show doc here and I've looked about, you're about to talk about my new boy. <laughs> Nick Holman. <laughs> we'll have a weekly Nick Holman watch segment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, scored 81. I'm not overly convinced though. He's... He's a weird size. He's like quite tall. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know why he's on a list in our league, but he was kept in our league and uh, I've ended up with him through yeah, a pretty funny league. trade. So. Uh, he'll probably play each week, yeah. but I just don't know if he's ever going to set the world on fire <laughs> scoring-wise. Now, uh, in the preseason turning to Colton, I flagged that I was very keen on what Daisy Thomas could do this year. Yep. Uh, he had a 96 on the weekend and he's averaging 80, which is pretty good for, you know, mid-30s, Blake. And he's actually playing some okay footy and they still like to use the ball through him. So, he's very fantasy relevant and he's one of those guys that potentially just wins you a flag or can help build that depth there. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're in that mould, probably not yet. We're only four rounds in, so your season's still quite young. But, you know, later on, I'd, I'd have quite a lot of faith, you know, you know, picking up a Thomas from someone for a young gun or something because they're still using him and he's still looking fresh and he's he's basically using the ball a lot better than Nick, Neiman, Nick Newman is back there. So, Daisy's a, a lock for um, you know, an 80-plus defender this year for me. Yeah, no, I like Daisy. Um, I was, as I said earlier, I was a lot more impressed by Will Setterfield on Sunday. He's still a bit of a work in progress and potential there and obviously he's been rubbed out for two weeks now. But I think if you're an owner of him, you should stick fat because I think he does actually have a bit of talent. It's just taken him a while to get into the groove of things. So, yeah. I think by the end of the year, we'll really know what, Will Setterfield can kind of deliver. So, yeah, uh, will be an interesting hold for lots of owners. Michael Givens, I think, is a genuine fantasy bust. Well, you can only be a bust if you actually have expectations for him. But yeah, but there was so much uh, expectation from him with the AFL Fantasy Classic, you know, like he was going to play each week and going to score quite well. And look, he scored uh, well, maybe a 50 or 60, I think, from top of my, my memory. And what he's repli- what he did in the VFL the last few years, he's just he's not going to replicate in AFL. Well, his role is completely different. Yeah, but he's still, he still had like 18 touches on the weekend, but yeah. still just didn't actually hit the fantasy scoreboard. So, yeah. if you've got him in a keeper league, I would be looking to move him on. Um, and Caleb Marchbank is the last one. He kind of looked a bit handy. Uh, he scored well a few years ago and looked good in his second game back for the Blues with a 68. He's just nothing I'm expecting great deal out of him, but he's just on my watch list because he's that tall, but, you know, kind of plays medium. So, uh, just keep an eye on Caleb. Yeah, I'm hoping for some wholesale uh, changes at the Blues uh, this weekend just to see a few more fantasy-relevant players, well, Keeper League fantasy-relevant players come to the side and so we can have a uh, look at a few of their young guns, I think. youngsters, yeah. And yeah. the last game of the round. Uh, yeah. yeah, St Kilda versus uh, Hawthorne at the uh, Marvel Stadium on Sunday afternoon. Uh, this guy's too good for this podcast, but good mm-hmm. to see Seb Ross back uh, as a Seb boss owner. And uh, I have felt a lot of pain um, coming up from our listeners uh, through the week, uh, expressing via Twitter and all our other socials. So it's good to see our patience rewarded, see him pump out a 128, and hopefully he's back for good because that was a hard few weeks there. Yeah. 
Uh, Jack Nunes. Uh, he had 104 from his 28 disposals and a goal. Another guy is getting too good for this podcast. He's my uh, pickup of the year yeah, for my he's, team. He's been great. Uh, seems to be playing more of a, ring, a winger role this yep. uh, year, getting a lot of outside touches. He was available in a lot of drafts too, so well done to those coaches who picked him up. Pat yourself on the back case. Uh, Jack Loney returned to uh, some consistent scoring with uh, 97. Um, yeah, he was uh, quite consistent at the end of last season. He's uh, currently averaged 76, but I wouldn't be surprised if he heads into the 80s by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake Akers finally returned to some uh, form as he well. Did, yeah. yeah, 93 from 26 touches and a goal. Rowan Marshall was a little down this week, but he uh, still scored 88. Had 28 hit outs against uh, Ben McAvoy, who's in very good form. So pretty decent effort all round there. Absolute draft steal. The Saints have been good for fantasy, actually. They have been. You see that Blake Akers was basically St. Kilda's second Ruckman on the weekend? Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> That's uh, crazy. Going to the, uh, the Richmond model. But uh, anyway, we'll see how that works works out for them. Uh, James Warpole for the Hawks uh, returned to uh, scoring form as well. 92. Got his tackle numbers up uh, a bit this week, so that helps. He had 25 touches, four marks and four tackles, so good to see him score well this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Mira was good in defence. He took eight marks to yeah, go to 20 good. disposals for a nice 88. Uh, I want to see them uh, do this you know, a few more times before I get too excited, though. And uh, Daniel Howe came in to replace Diego and Mira and had 80 points. Uh, is this enough for him to hold the spot? Uh, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. He's gone backwards a bit this this year, and I'm not sure where he sits in Hawthorne's squad right now. Uh, Scully and Wingard, you know, they might take midfield time off him. Like Scully definitely Wingard, Wingard, if he builds a tank and gets into that midfield, he might go right. Uh, along with the rise of Warpedo and Cousins, it's probably hurt him a bit this season. Yeah, it has, and uh, definitely Cousins as well and truly overtaken how I think, in that, you know, genuine cinnamon, yeah. cinnamon stakes. Yep. And uh, Warpedo is quite exciting, and uh, Wingard looks good. But just one guy that I quite like the look of in the, the bit that I watched was Jack Scrimshaw. Yeah, um, building. Came, came across from Gold Coast and had 23 touches, eight marks for his 79, and he's kind of kept building each week and obviously found himself well and truly in the Hawthorne uh, backline there. And he's that good size where he can take a good intercept mark and but still got quite good skills, so he might be a bit of a distributor back there. So he'd be one I have on my watch list too. All right, that wraps up the uh, seniors. So we're going to go straight into uh, From the Twos to have a look at a few of the guys in the state leagues who are ripping it up fantasy-wise. So we'll start with uh, the Premier League of the the seconds, uh, the Sample. Yeah, Patrick Wilson, 151 for the Crows. He could be one if the Crows want to get a little inventive. Yeah. He's had some serious uh, scores over the twos the last few weeks. He's averaging 119. Yep. Speaking of guys who are ripping up this SANFL, it's Jack Trengo. Oh, he only had 141 this week. That's oh, disgusting. But his average is still 169. <laughs> That's actually bullshit crazy. <laughs> Uh, Hugh Greenwood is probably due a return to the ones, uh, yeah. 139 on the weekend. Jared Leanett, uh good to see him playing yeah. good footy there. And would he slide into the port side at the moment? Uh, I think it's hard to get into that half-back line at the moment, especially with mm. Hartlett trying to get back in at the moment, trying to get return from injury. So maybe not, but it depends. If someone like – if you wanted to play tall, someone like Dougal Howard is horribly out of form. So mm-hmm. could see him, uh, see him back in for someone like that. So actually, yeah, yeah. maybe I would see him back in pretty soon. Uh, Bryce Gibbs, 114, as he should do. Should uh, slot straight back in. Yeah, Sam Mays, uh, 112, continues his good form. Yeah, so many um, half-back flankers. Yeah, so many <laughs> half-back flankers. Uh, and then we've got the kind of the no-hopers with Cam Hewitt, 108, yeah. Pat Laddams, 107, no. Kyle Pudney, 105. Not yet. Todd Marshall, 103. Now, he should see his return this week, and hopefully that's good for Westoff owners uh, to get him out of the forward line a bit, but uh, yeah. And Lockie Scholl, 97, your boy. Yeah, still doing well. A 95 average at the Sample for him at the moment. Yeah. On to the VFL. 
Rightio, Tommy Campbell, uh, 170 in round two. So a lot of hit-outs, I reckon, in that yeah, game. Was, he, yeah, huge numbers. Well, yeah, um, come back from his axing quite well. Jackson Trengove, 146, probably pushes his case to, to play for the Bulldogs next week. Yep. Nick Hind, 146 as well. Yeah. That's a great score from the, the young Saint. Yeah, the Saints are in form, so it might be hard for him to get in, but yeah. he's really knocking the door down, averaging 106 at uh, state league level. Yeah. Lucas Webb, 132, good return for him for the Bulldogs. Uh, potentially they're going quite well, so he might have to wait a few weeks. Luke Dunstan, 126. Uh, tough to break in the Saints side at the moment. Josh Dacos, 117. Yeah. Could, could he be the one that comes in for Chris May? Oh, I thought about this, but uh, yeah, because he does play that kind of mid-forward role as well. So, I don't know. I'll have to, have to wait and see on that one. Uh, Ed Phillips uh, for the Saints. Again, an- another one that we thought would be all right this year going on VFL numbers last year and the few AFL games he played. Mm. He's averaging 100 in the twos, scored 115 this week. So, yeah, the, we'll have to, I guess, hopefully he can get his opportunity soon. Uh, Rupert Wills just tons up every week in the VFL and never gets near a look in. Uh, you know, Daniel Wells is a is another big one, I guess, who could come in for the pies, but yeah, 104. 104. It's good. Ben Crocker, we talked about earlier, 102. Adam Moxley, 102. Will Hayes, uh, again, it's going to be hard to break in, but uh, and 100 for him. And uh, Matthew Cruzo made his return. Um, so we could see him come back. Well, we should see him come back into the blue side this week. He scored 99 in the twos. Yeah. Uh, to the waffle, Jake Waterman, 114. Uh, and his teammate, Jackson Nelson, 113. From the Frio side, Mitch Crowd and 111 and Tom North, 111 as well. They're both averaging uh, 114, 113 respectively. So I wouldn't be surprised if either of those come in pretty <laughs> yeah, soon. Yeah, should be close to a start at, at Frio. Uh, Hamish Brayshaw, 99. Sean Darcy, as you spoke about before, he only had the 91, which is still solid enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brennan Archie, 91, and Josh Smith, 89. Then onto the NEFL where everyone just averages 100. Uh, George Fact. Hall and Smith had a big week, 117. Will Brody, again, must be close to getting a call into that Gold Coast side, but they keep winning and keep keeping him out. Yeah. He's now averaging 129 at uh, NEFL level and had 114 on the weekend. Darcy Cameron, the uh, floating donuts in uh, <laughs> AFL Fantasy Classic, 112 on the weekend, averaging 102. Corey Lyons, big numbers, averaging 114 in the twos. He had 111. James Rowbottom, 109. Your boy, Ryan Clark. Case oh, yeah. at 109. Get him back in the swan side. Uh, Brad Shear, 108. Toby Wooler, 106. Tom Cutler, 104 to take his average to 115 in the NEFL. Ryan Bastanak, 103. Tom Nichols, 101. And Josh Corbett had 100, the young Gold Coast player there. All right, that uh, wraps up the twos news. We'll move on to the captain's call. Okay, each week I run you through 20 blokes who I think would be uh, a good captain option. So, again, we run through 20 so we can kind of try to cover at least someone that's in every team, uh, unless you've got to keep a league of 20 or so teams, which I think would be pretty hard to uh, to work with. But anyway, uh, we'll talk about the guys quickly who I think will be uh, large scorers this week. So, number one off the list uh, is Jack McRae. No surprises there. He averages 119 against uh, Carlton, so then 101 at Marvel. Stadium too, so I reckon uh, yeah, he's going to go pretty big this week. Uh, Jake Lloyd just going on form, he still hasn't scored under 120, so I can't uh, really go past a guy who's going to guarantee you 120 points. Uh, I think Marvel Stadium's a deck that really suits him as well. Averages uh, 98 there. Lockie Whitfield, uh, 
I'm a bit tentative because he has been going big, but uh, I've brought him down. I'm, you know, form I've got him third, but uh, you know he only averages 78 against Frio and uh, 83 in Canberra. So I've got him down a little bit this week. Otherwise, he probably would be close to my number one. Uh, the Bont is back, averages 90 against Carlton and 90 at Marvel Stadium. So he's going to have a good week. Patrick Cripps after last week, he just can't go yeah, against wow. that form. No. Now that metric on Stadium, uh, we'll talk about that a bit later in the uh, in the listener tweets. But he does that uh, quite a bit up there so don't be buoyed too much by that but you know we can't really ignore it so he's going to be a decent captain option of course Taranto is not someone who's often features in this list but uh, yeah against uh, Frio he averages 120 not sure how many times he's actually played them but he averages 94 in Canberra too so he's going to be a good option this week um, especially with the added responsibility with Callan Ward out uh, Lockie Neal just you know put the C on him don't even think twice about it he's absolutely killing it at the moment uh, racking up the touches uh, Boke had another good game, a bit down this week, but um, averages 91 against West Coast, 93 at his uh, two games at the Stadium last year. So he's another decent option. He's having a great season, and I don't know how he's not Port's captain still because uh, he's playing like it. Uh, Rory Sloan is going to be bounce back from uh, last week, we think. He averages 107 at Adelaide Oval and uh, 99 against Gold Coast, so he'll be decent. Uh, Andrew Gaff is another good captain option. The standout stat there, I guess, is 114 at home. Mm-hmm. He averages, so that's some, that's some big numbers. Loves it. Uh, Lockie Hunter averages 101 against Carlton, so he'll be decent. Uh, all these uh, Western Bulldogs midfielders seem At like Marvel. they're going to they're yeah. feast, yeah, and then feast on Carlton, so it's going to be pretty decent. Uh, Patrick Dangerfield, hopefully he can shake a, a tag. Hopefully Dan Howe doesn't play and they don't put him on him, but uh, he averages uh, 107 against the Hawks, so decent ones to have a look at. Canelio averages 101 against Frio and 91 in Canberra. Uh, O'Meara breaks into the list. Uh, he's got decent form against Geelong, averages around the 90 mark uh, both against Geelong and uh, at the G so another decent option this week uh, Brody Grundy comes up against Brisbane Lions but uh, again his form has been outstanding and we think he'll yep. keep continuing that uh, Trelaw same deal 104 against Brisbane and averages 100 at the Gabba so a decent option there Josh Kennedy from Sydney he's actually having a pretty decent season averaging 105 uh, averages 97 against Richmond so someone to look at the Crouch brothers are back to back again on my list they just kind of go pretty similar each week so either of the crouches you're good uh tommy rockliffe uh rounds off the list uh he averages 98 against west coast so yeah he should be pretty decent considering uh the form that he's in as well he's back all right so they're my top 20 captains uh and we'll move on to the trade review so um the kratzos club the kratzos club uh I just traded Nick Newman for Ollie Wines. What do you think of that, Case? Uh, I'm going to have to dub this bloke into the cops for theft. Yeah. I think um, as an Ollie Wines owner, I'm pretty critical and a Port fan who is not you know, completely in love with his club right now or his captain. Uh, that I think Poor that- Poor bloke's only played one game. Oh, yeah. Who Ollie Wines? Yeah. Played last week as well. He's played two. Two. Um, no, no. Just being an owner for years and years since uh, his uh, second season, I think I've owned him for, um, he just kind of always promises to go big but doesn't quite get there. Averages those high 90s. I think he's, you know, averaged 100 maybe twice over his first few years. I don't know. I just He doesn't play the real fantasy-friendly game. Plays that inside. Bit of a handballer as well. But Nick 
Nick Newman is such a yo-yo too. And uh, I think, you know, we, we kind of judge him on his Sydney form and, uh, you know, coming coming to, going to Carlton now, it's going to be pretty difficult. I don't know. The only thing Newman has going for him is his back status. Yeah, yeah. And he, every time he could be one week away from never playing AFL again, basically. Yeah. I don't think it's as clear cut as you make it out to be to whether who wins and who doesn't. But at this point in time, I'm taking Newman as well. I'll take Wines. Oh, okay. So you're going the opposite way. So that's what I didn't know what you meant. Yeah, no. I think that. <laughs> If you're giving up Nick Newman for Ollie Wines in a caper leg, yeah. you're getting Ollie Wines is a genuine win. Yeah, I think it's pretty 50-50 to be honest, yeah. but uh, we'll move forward. Uh, at Russ2468, I've been offered Whitfield for Jay Lloyd, Jake Lloyd and English for Luke Parker. Kays, what do you think? Well, I would keep Lloyd on the proviso that he's going to keep his back status for next year. I think Lockie Whitfield probably has more chance to lose it. And while they're both having absolute beast seasons, I just think that if you play in the long term, I think Lloyd is the winner there just with the back status. Obviously, both Jets. Yep. Uh, we talked about English before. He honestly could be dropped at any stage or, you know, rested or ch- chopped and changed or Bulldogs could bring someone else in if he's still not big enough. And he scored all right, but he just looks a bit small and uh, not weak, but just a bit small and frail in the wet, in the, uh, in the ruck. So... Unless you're rebuilding, I'd be keeping Luke Parker. So, I wouldn't be taking either of those trades. Yep, I'm in agreement. Luke Parker, definitely. And, uh, yeah, the only thing is if you're trying to flag up this year, I think Whitfield, taking Whitfield over Lloyd would probably be the better option. But uh, future terms, your, your correct case, keep Lloyd for future. Mm. Uh, at Dan K 101 I traded Hopper, Jordan Clark, and Reith Matheson for Elliot Yao. Yo, <laughs> yo, sorry. And uh, LDU, Luke Davies, Uniac last week. Who's the winner there, Hef? Yeah, I think yo and the LDU owner is, is the big winner there. What do you think? Uh, I think it's a nice trade. I think you're definitely the winner for this year because yo and uh, LDU are probably having much better seasons than the other guys. But I think Hopper could explode now that Ward's gone. Yeah. And, and Clark's genuinely one for the future. Uh, Matheson's just there as genuine state knives. Um, because he's playing okay footy at this stage. But um, I think Jordy Clark could be something special. Um, But, yeah, it's a tough one. But I I think it's pretty even. Uh, Clark and – well, we know what Matheson does. Clark is – it's too hard to actually tell. Could go either way. Hopper's going to be pretty good. But uh, Yo's already an outright fantasy star when he's in form. And, uh, you know, get LDU on top of that. I don't know. We'll uh, move on. Uh, At Adza Await Elf. Uh, Big trade? Uh, No. Uh, I've acquired a horribly out-of-form Westoff for a first-rounder to shore up the ruck and premiership tilt. Kays, what do you think? I think it's an absolute bargain. A first rounder for that is absolutely no price to pay. If you're having a genuine crack, uh, Westie can win you a flag and a first rounder could be anything. Obviously, it depends a lot on your your league. But to give up you know, next year's first round pick for a guy who can genuinely score and win a game, good trade. Yeah, I think it's fine. I don't mind it. I wouldn't say Westhoff is that out of form. He's just being uh, made to play as a key forward. Um, he needs to be roaming around like he was the past few seasons. Uh, and luckily, Marshall kicked four in the uh, Sandful this weekend and uh, should come back in. And uh, Port need another key desperately. You've also got Dixon coming in mid-season. Uh, so when those blokes are playing in the side, you should see Westy going back to that kind of free roaming, you know, across the back line, wherever he kind of wants to run. No yeah. player can go with him kind of player yeah. and uh, just rack up the touches again. Uh, at Millsy21, Patrick Cripps for Jake Lloyd 
and Callum Mills and Matty Cruiser for Luke Parker and Zach Butters? Uh, I would probably uh, lean towards uh, Lloyd's and Lloyd and Mills in that first trade. Uh, Lloyd's going to get you similar numbers to Cripps uh, and he's a defender and he's yeah. going to retain that defender yeah. um, status. Plus, you get Mills on top of that. So, everyone looks at Cripps' score this week and goes, oh, geez, it'd be nice to put a captain uh, option on uh, a guy who can get you 168 or whatever it was. But uh, yeah. that metric on stadium fixture is uh, a bit of an, 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 an anomaly. That's the word. <laughs> anomaly. That's the one. I, I didn't say it last week either. Uh, he can't He can't do that every weekend. He, he uh, kind of scores really well uh, up there. So, you know, I think uh, don't be sucked in by that and uh, hold tight with Lloyd and Mills. And yeah. then we've got uh, Cruiser for Luke Parker and Zach Butters. What do you think their case? Uh, Luke Parker and Zach Butters wins that trade. Yeah, Cruiser, Cruiser can't, is just nah, can't trust him. Nah, can't trust him. And yes, he might be a bit weak in the ruck, but, um, you know, Luke Parker, while he hasn't been setting the world on fire, is pretty consistent. And Zach Butters looks a star. You could legitimately get rid of two decent players for a donut for the rest of your career. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's, yeah, don't do it. Don't touch me. Cruiser. Start or sit, Hef. We're going to roll into that. Oh, yeah, we'll go straight into it. Uh, at TMC, Acres or Tiger Lynch? What do you think? Uh, Blake Acres. He looked like he actually hit form yesterday and looked pretty good. Um, as we touched on earlier, Lynch is kicking bags and still not actually scoring that high. You know, if you kick six goals, it should be tonning up and he only scored 80 odds. So I'd be going in with uh, Blake Akers. I think he's kind of found a bit of form. Yep, I'm the same, especially this week too, because Lynch doesn't have the best record against the Swans and uh, Akers is better suited to fantasy. Yeah, big time. And uh, the Saints are playing Melbourne. So I think you could, you know, keep that kind of 80, 90 up for sure. Yep. Uh, next question is from at Time Miller. Forwards, I can't pick one. Uh, sorry, I can't pick one, which one will be good and crap. Uh, drop them when they're crap and they smash it, bring them in afterwards and they go crap. So, the choices are Hipwood, Jenkins, Hogan, Mason Cox, Christian Petraka, Charlie Cameron, Chad Wingard, Rory Lobb, Cam Rayner and Ben Ainsworth. Okay, so, this you got to pick six out of those people. All right, so I've had a look at this. Uh I'd first go with Wingard because he's in that premium keeper league forward territory when he's uh, playing well. Mm. I think he's slowly building that tank and when he gets there, you wouldn't want to uh, miss it, I don't think. Big stage against Geelong on Easter Monday too. He's just that kind of player at the G, I think. Definitely. Uh, I'd have Hogan in proven performer. I'd give Petrarca another go Ooh. just when I'm looking he's at the rest of this. He's fast becoming one of the most unimpressive fantasy players around. I know, I know, but uh, I've got a feeling he will turn it around sometime soon. Uh, I'd take Jenkins this week against the Gold Coast. Should get a few goals over the back there. Uh, Lobb, he averages around the 80 mark in Canberra, so I'd uh, have him in this weekend, especially if he's playing and in the ruck. Yeah, he's a lock if he's a ruckman. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, monitor, I guess, if Darcy comes in, but uh, check that one out. And the last person I'd have is uh, Charlie Cameron. He averages 70 at the Gabba. So, if you can get that from your F6, which is uh, quite a few fours to be playing, uh, I think you'd take that. Yeah, I'd be pretty close with that. I think you'd only be tossing up between Cameron and Ben Ainsworth. I was quite impressed with what Ainsworth did yeah. on the weekend, but um, you know, travelling against the Crows could be a bit of a harder assignment than, I think than so Carlton. Too. So Charlie Cameron's probably got the runs on the board there just ahead of him. All right, moving on to our favourite segment, the listener tweets. All 
Okay, listener tweet time. So, the first uh, question we've got this week is from at Brisbane Bears. I have people after Brad Shepard. With those kind of scoring, you probably have a few. But uh, what price should I put on his head? Kays, what do you think? Well, if you're not in the window or you don't really care too much, I'd definitely be selling him high. He's one of these guys who's your Cunningham style. These guys that are overperforming. Um, Backman, obviously, uh, harder to come by with good scores. So... I'd go hard. Uh, I don't know exactly what price, but depends where you're a bit devo- uh, when you're a bit uh, loose in your team. If you need a forward, if you need a ruck center, I'd be working around what you need first. Yeah. But uh, look, if you're looking to rebuild, I'd be trying to get you know a second or third year player who's got some very much upscope. But I'd, it's hard to know without knowing your league intimately. But yeah, try and play hardball. You got nothing to lose. Yeah, I think you could actually take a bit of like an average cut. I guess there. So he's averaging in the nineties, and if you were to get someone in the mid eighties, but a bit more consistent, someone who's kind of more proven to uh, score those kind of numbers week in, week out. It's probably something I'd be looking at because I'm not sure how sustainable Brad Shepard's scoring is. Uh, players, I can't really think of any off the top of my head without doing a little bit of research, so apologies. Should have uh, prepared for this one a little bit more. But yeah, I'm just saying I don't think you'd. Uh, I don't think it's probably the worst idea to maybe take someone who's kind of averaging a little bit less but who's more consistent. I'd be looking at you know, um, someone I'd think, you know, Sam Petrevsky satan Yeah. You know, someone who's been around that 78. 80 this year, obviously can play, could go bananas over the next 10 years, um, you know, a bit low-flying. He's that kind of a the player I'd be looking at to get in. Yep. All right, at Henry Katz, uh, Darcy Tucker has had a hot and cold start to the season. If I go with him, he'd be taking a bench spot rather than starting. The issue is I haven't seen him play, so I'm not sure if he's a legitimate stash or whether he could uh, look elsewhere. So I think he's talking in terms of keepers going forward here. Yeah. Uh, he's a real risky one to keep, I think. He's, yeah. uh, he had that great preseason and he looked really good in the preseason. Um, to be honest, I haven't seen heaps of uh, free I think round one he was yet. quite good as well, but uh, yeah, he's tapered off a bit since then. Yeah. And because he's playing that tagging role, you know, yeah. you know, it can be a tough role to score in. So yeah. he's not young either. He's probably uh, fourth or fifth year in the system. So. It's the time to go now. I don't know if he's a genuine stash. He's he's kind of he needs to deliver soon in terms of fantasy scoring. He obviously can do it because he's done it. You know, um, in the JLT in round one. Uh, it's a it's a really really tough one. I would be more thinking that he's not going to be a keeper. Yeah, you've got a fair bit of time to go in the season, so just monitor. At this point in time, he's a bit of a borderline 50-50 one for mine. Uh, mm. You could definitely do worse, and I guess it depends on your league makeup, how many you keep, all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, just monitor him for now, I think, and uh, make your decision a bit later on. Yeah. Uh, from at Trav014, I've been offered some old blokes for future young guns. The old blokes will help with a push for the flag, but a big chance of these guys getting arrested in fantasy finals week. Thoughts? All right, so you have to weigh up the risks here. What's more likely to happen, a gun being rested during the finals or a young gun putting up a uh, rubbish score? So you have to look at your bench too. Have you got someone who's going to score similar to your young gun, I guess, in the event of the older player being rested? Now, 
as someone who's won a flag uh, in a keeper league on the back of getting old go. blokes um, in, this really worked for me last season. Like I had injuries, but I didn't have any older players actually rested. Uh, the inception of the, uh, I guess, the pre-finals buy has pretty much killed that. Teams want to keep the form running into finals, I think, and I can't think of anyone off the top of my head who was blatantly rested going into finals in the last few years. Uh, in shallower leagues, I think, uh, with keepers of 16 or less, I think youth is just a tiny little bit overrated. Uh, from my experience, you rarely see a team like build a premiership from the ground up. It's generally done by taking players or trading players, sorry, at the right time and with experience taking precedence. What do you think, Case? Uh, well, I'm about to prove you wrong. I'm about to build a team <laughs> up for a flag this year, four and zero this year. Oh, they've uh, not the put up the best scores, though. You're doesn't matter. Lucky. I'm playing great defense. <laughs> yeah, that must yeah. be it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, look, it's uh, it is a tough one. I've been burnt, but I do agree with it. Um, you know, if you're just looking at what happened when I had a crack last year, traded out Jade, Jade Gresham, traded in Dale Thomas, um, and you know, to be honest, I'm happy with that. Uh, you, you do have to kind of give up a bit. It's, to be honest, if I was you, Trav, I'd just be waiting maybe you know four to eight weeks. I think you know. In, in, I'm four and zip at the moment, but I'm still not thinking about bringing in older guys at this stage of the the season just yet. So probably as early days for those sorts of trades. Just kind of cool your jets yeah. and uh, you know probably wait until after the buys and see where you're at there. You know you might you, you things can change so quickly. You know yeah. like you could get three injuries to three best players right now and your team's basically screwed for the whole season. So yeah, it's um it's all about timing. Um, I definitely think it's a it's a um, strategy you can employ, but. I'd just be waiting, you know, till after the buy. All right, last tweet from at Bob Sacamano Jr. Brought in Ricky Henderson to cover Dusty last week and it worked out very well. Can I trust Dusty now he's back or should we wait? Uh, sorry, should we sit and see? Ricky Henderson's playing some seriously good football at the moment and he's scoring amazingly. Yep. Uh, I don't trust Dusty at all. No. Oh, I'm definitely in the Henderson uh, basket there. It's weird. Thing saying that you'd rather take Ricky Henderson over Dusty, but yeah. uh, look, if you're talking about runs on the board and consistency over the last year, uh, it's Ricky Henderson, it's not Dusty. So, yeah. yes, he's the flashy guy who can actually win a game of football, but he hasn't been playing that good of fantasy football. It's it's crazy, but uh, I'd be sticking with Dicky Ricky. Oh, I'd like to see this guy's midfield if you can't play both of these guys on their field. But, uh, yeah, I'm the same. Henderson, at the moment, I do not trust Dusty to actually put up a decent fantasy score. Henderson plays that real fantasy-friendly uh, type uh, game, and he popped up and kicked a couple goals, I think, on the weekend. Last weekend looked really good in front of goals too. So, yep, I'm back in Henderson in on that one. And that wraps it up for this week, Hef. Uh, what's going on on the Patreon? Still uh, putting out some sweet... <laughs> predictions and all that kind of thing. Yeah, projections, stats. Uh, yeah, all the projections are still updated weekly. Uh, all the state league stats are coming up. And I'm thinking about uh, having a look at just a few obscure stats and comparisons over. I'm on holidays at the moment, so uh, I might be able to come up with a little something to chuck on our uh, website for a nice. few people to have a look at. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to have a look at maybe some uh, some kick-to-handball ratios and some time on ground thing uh, numbers and stuff like that to see if there's any value there in a few players that might not have been... Uh, identified so far with the two stuff this is when it really starts to get interesting because you know we've had four rounds of afl football teams aren't going too well so they look to start changing up a few things yeah if you want to be ahead of the curve and potentially get in on a on a waiver beforehand all these uh statistics from the reserves comps are pretty important because you can see who's playing well and um you don't really get a lot of this stuff anywhere so uh to know someone like tommy cutler scoring hundreds in the knee for war um you know 
Ed Phillips is turning up in the in the VFL. It's good to or, know. You know, Jack Trengove going so well that he might be pushing Tim English out of a spot or something like that. Yeah. So you know, to know that you might be able to move Tim English on or something like that uh, at this point in time might be uh, handy for you to know. So yeah, have a look at uh, some of the Patreon stuff if you get a chance. Uh, sign up, but uh, you get all the stats and stuff from as little as two dollars a month. So it's a no-brainer. Absolute and, uh, bargain. Uh, www.patreon.com/slash/keeperleaguepod. Uh, yeah. So just as we wrap up, we'll uh, I guess we'll plug our socials uh, at Keeper League Pod on uh, Facebook and Twitter and visit www.keeperleaguepod.com.au uh, to check out our website. All right, that wraps it up for this week and uh, yeah, we're almost, uh, we're a bit of the way into the season now. We're going to start seeing a few more trends and a few more things uh, come to fruition. So yeah, we look forward to analysing those over the next few weeks and uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Catch ya.